0: God of grace and mercy, God of crystal waters and unknown light and no pain and healing leaves, meet us where we are today. Meet us in our pains and in our joys, in our mess, in our... um, convictions and in the things that we're confused about. Meet us in who we are in this moment, in this time, because you have shown us that you care, that you care about this world, that it will be your dwelling place, that it will be your home. And while it is ours, help us to know you in it, to see you in it, to see what will be, what can be, and how we might be a part of it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So if you could bring up our first image we have, okay, so who knows what this is? Yeah, very close. Anybody spend a lot of time on Pinterest or with Oprah fans? This is a vision board, my friends. This is a vision board. <laughs> so this is a vision board that someone made for their life. They want to incorporate sustainability in their life. I think they want to incorporate Jolly Buddha into their life. That's why I'm interpreting this guy over here on the left, to have more calm from the heart. This is their vision board. I'm going to show you another one. There's a new a second image. Our dream board, so this is a family, we want to own, and it looks like they want to own the biggest house in the world (laughs) with a pool, but that's what they want, okay, and so they're thinking about it. We want to see, they want to see all of the things, all of the places. We want to give, they want to give to animal shelters and to kids with needs, so they're really trying to envision what life is going to be. This is another way that a dream board, a vision board can look like, and then let's go to the third one. (coughs) So this is a vision board by someone who has far better handwriting than I, someone who did a lettered vision board, right? Um, Everything from run three miles to take an online course to be be persistent in the face of failure, right? Big values and little things. These are vision boards, which have been quite popular over the course of the last several years. Uh, If you have Pinterest or have used it to plan something, right, you've had an online vision board of some kind. Uh, And there's a lot about vision boards that I find to be uh, theologically not quite, right? So the idea that by creating a vision board you will make it happen in your life because of the secret forces of the universe, not so much my bag, right? But I think there is something powerful about envisioning our greatest dreams for our lives and for the world. There's a reason that people do this and there's a reason that they feel impacted by it. Um, There's a reason that people keep on making these things even when not everything on their board comes true. And I think part of it is that this is a part of what being a human is. Um, We live in a world that is imperfect, whether it's imperfect in little ways or big ways, even if we're really happy in our lives, you know, the, the sidewalk outside is still broken. Or even if we're really happy in our lives, there's still that one family relationship that like might really go down the tubes at Thanksgiving. Um, there's these imperfections of living in the world, and one of the ways that we hold on as human beings, living in our own messed up living in the world's messed up is through hope that things can be different, <laughs> is through hope that things can be better, that there's a different vision, a different image, a different possibility for what the world can be. Hope is really food. For, for us, for humans, in a way that um, I think just like it's important to make sure you're getting your water every day and your oxygen every second, you need to find a way to sustain hope inside of yourself. A vision that things could be different, a vision that things could be better. I don't know that on the tiny island of Patmos to where he was exiled, John had the resources to make a vision board of quite this style or quality. Um, but I do think that the John who wrote Revelation, the John who had been imprisoned by an empire, the John who had been separated from everyone that he loved, the John who saw his faith community in his eyes failing to stand up for what it should be for and instead succumbing to the pressures of a world of war, I think that that is a part of what Revelation was for him, was that kind of sustaining hope, that kind of sustaining vision, particularly Revelation 21, that the picture that the Holy Spirit had given him of how things could be changed his life so much, changed his ability to sit through the bad parts so much that he had to share it with the world, right? There's something about having this strong sense that things can be better, that things can be good, that allows us to get through anything. And I think that's what happened to John. We tend to miss it, though, um, because of all of the really scary stuff that comes first. (laughs) The visions in Revelation of how cruel people can be to each other, of how much war can be a part of the nature of the universe. And people, because of the clarity around the hard stuff, tend to forget that it ends on this note of hope tend to forget that it also has this thread, the book of an extraordinary vision of people living peacefully and in justice with healing for all and community for all. If you look up Revelation 21 and 22, you'll find a lot of folks who bless their heart, I think are really trying to understand the Bible and are really trying to be faithful people, but who spend all of their time arguing over whether like, is the city that's being described a cube or a pyramid? Right? What are the 12 fruits of the trees? Should we be eating figs or plums? Um, which I think are come from a place of searching and from a place of faithfulness, but are not necessarily the most useful questions <laughs> to be asking about this kind of vision. I mean, the question is not, is the city a cube or a pyramid? The question is, if one day this earth can be a city of justice, what are the parts of that that we can get now? (laughs) What are the parts of that that we can do now? If we are people who truly believe that God will make God's home here, that God has made us capable of living in a place of healing and power and justice and love and care and safety for all, what parts of that can we access now as people who God created to live together as one community? A place, imagine that, a place where everyone can live in peace. And imagine it not just as like that thing that you talked about in third grade that's the end of a kumbaya song, but like really as a promise that all of us who have ever existed, there is a place that God will make for us where all of us can live in peace. And not only that, God's going to make it out of this place. If you have any friends who are really into the rapture, or if you are one of those kids who like read every single left behind book when you were nine, um, this as someone who grew up non-religious and came to the Bible late, is one of the things that I find the most confusing about that whole story is that Revelation is really clear that like the good stuff happens here. (laughs) You don't wanna be raptured and taken away. Heaven is coming here. It's earth that's being turned into this beautiful dream vision. It's earth that's being turned into the kingdom. God doesn't abandon it for not being good enough. God sees all that has been good about it and makes it into the best that it can be. (laughs) The earth is a good place to be. It's where God's going to make God's home. If you get raptured up, you get taken away from all of that great stuff that's going to happen. But I think it's, a natural impulse in humans to assume, to assume that the good end of the story is that we get taken away from all this. Because we don't have hope that all this can become as good as it can get. We don't have that real hope. And so instead of hoping and building and working and living and believing in the vision and the promise that God has given to us, we instead say, it's going to be okay because we're going to get airlifted out. Right? It's gonna be okay because we're gonna be removed from this situation. Because we just can't get ourselves to believe that it's gonna be okay because this situation actually has the capacity to be excellent, and to be wonderful, and to be full of love, and joy, and fruit. And so I think we need to practice. We need to practice that hope. We need to practice that vision. And we need to practice it in a way that doesn't abandon clarity because this is the other direction that people will move in, where they say, um, there's so much hope that shh, be quiet about anything bad that has ever happened, <laughs> right? That's the other way that we sustain hope. The world is actually great. Don't talk about the nasty stuff. The world is actually great. Don't talk about your hurt. <laughs> um, my, my, one of my seminary professors used to call this uh, like a <coughs> people who skip Holy Saturday. We want to get to Easter Sunday so quick Uh, We just like skip the part where Jesus is actually dead and like all hope is lost, right? (laughs) That's, That's a real part of the story. That's like a third of the three days is that things are bad and hope is lost. That's a part of our story. Jesus joins us in being people who have lost hope and then says, even given that kind of clarity, that kind of realism about how hard things can be about how unequal they can be, about how painful they can be. Even if we are totally clear and totally realistic about the dragons and the fire, hope is available. We neither have to pretend that the answer is leaving or that the answer is that the painful stuff like is really not really real and you know it's just all in our minds. We can be totally clear about how hard it is and believe in hope. I think this is why so often um, you'll hear people quote Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech, wanting to forget everything that he ever said about how hard it is, yeah. <laughs> right? Because, yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> because we've lost the capacity to think that someone could have a dream while being clear about how far away we are from it. They, we think that he must have been a you know cotton candy guy Instead of believing someone could see how awful it is and his faith in God and his faith in his call. Because he was a man, right, who was not just a social activist, but like believed that in a kitchen one day God had given him a mission that was worth dying for. That he could see clearly how bad things are and still have hope because of the God in whom he believed. And he painted a picture with his words about what that would look like, about what our children would look like, about what our society would look like. And that picture sustained him, not because he needed the fluff, but because he saw how crappy things were and still believed in the power of God and the power of this earth to be a place where heaven and earth became one, to be a place where the kingdom would be realized, to be a place where good things can happen because God is real and is who God says God is. So we need to practice that kind of hope where we're really realistic about the situation, and yet we hope. I'm really hoping we're having a conversation afterwards that I hope all of you can join, conversation after our second worship, about our anti-racism audit that we've been doing for the last 15 months, an audit of where the church is at on our um, institutional practices and our cultural practices on, on race and being together and being one community. Um, and I, It's a 36-page document and there's like a lot in it and it's all really useful and really great. (laughs) And I'm hoping that people don't see the clarity of it and get scared away because I think the clarity is a good sign. It's a sign that all of us who created it, all of us who filled out the surveys, all of us who gave the interviews, have clarity around the things that need changing and we're still here because we really believe that UVC can be everything it says it wants to be, which is a community for everyone, <laughs> where justice and equality can be realized. So I, so we're gonna practice having hope and also being realistic. So we're gonna practice having hope today, uh, which means you get to color. So I'm gonna show you a couple things and talk to you about that, but in the meantime, this is gonna go around. Everybody take some markers, some crayons, some colored pencils, whatever speaks to your heart. If we start, everyone will only have one or two colors, so you're gonna have to talk to your neighbors to get the colors that you want, make a friend. Um, So uh, this is one person who thinks in words, right? This is a person who thinks in letters. This is one of their visions of Revelation 21. God's dwelling place is now among the people, and they imagine all of the colors and the world being filled with light. That's how they imagine this. Let's go to the next one. This is someone's vision board of the city of Jerusalem, right? This is what almost all depictions of Revelation 21 look like, is their very sort of literal... It looks like Jerusalem, but with a lot of light, (laughs) Uh, which I think is like, I get why people think of it that way. But I also think it's a lot more than that. We have the capacity to imagine much more of what it would mean to live together and what, of what it would mean to live into God's promises. And I think, do I have one more or am I lying to myself? Yes, I do. So <coughs> this is a person who's a little more of like a modern graphics person. And they're imagining, right, children and lions and people having fun by a lake and everyone fulfilled and how they are. And so whatever it is to you that it means for God to make all things new, whatever it is that you need to hope for, whatever it is that feels the farthest away to you, but feels like it would be good, I want you to draw it. So we're gonna hand out some uh, blank paper. We got some blank paper here, but then we also, if the blank paper scares you, we have an I am making everything new bird, and we have a like little nature scene with Revelation on the bottom. So I am so serious about this coloring, and I don't want any of you to feel like you're being little kids or like it's silly. Um, <coughs> I think part of what we've talked about with Revelation is that John, by embracing vision, by embracing the side of himself that is imagination, finds a new way to the Holy Spirit that just rational words don't get him. And I think all of us need that in our prayer life. I would seriously commend to you if your prayer life has felt a little bit dry lately, a little bit empty, a little bit hard, you don't know how to approach God, you don't know what to talk to God about, Coloring is actually a really, really beautiful way to reconnect to God from the places inside of yourself that haven't learned how to be suspicious about what God is saying to you, that haven't learned how to put up a wall between you and God. And so I am serious about us trying to color and us trying to envision, and it doesn't have to look pretty, but it just has to be whatever is on your heart that you need practice hoping for. So practice hoping with these papers and crayons and pencils and pens. We'll get some more out there to you and you can share with a friend. Um, but practice hope by envisioning it for yourself and we'll do a little sharing at the end. And so if you wanna keep drawing, keep drawing. Uh, I would hope that you share this with one person or at least keep it in your heart as a practice of hope, as a practice of vision. Um, If this felt satisfying to you, this isn't going to work for everybody, so if it's not your bag, don't do it again. But if this felt satisfying to you, um, try this as a prayer practice, either over a scripture or over people's names. Often people will find praying with coloring to be helpful in terms of envisioning a different future, envisioning the presence of God in someone's life, in the life of our community. Um, So practice hope this week, not hope that is false, hope with clarity. Because that's a hope that roots itself not in our power or our vision, but a hope that roots itself in God. (laughs) That God is real and God really means what God says. And if God is real and we can trust God, then we can find these visions within ourselves. We can find the ability to work towards them because it's not our power that needs to move us or sustain us or energize us. There is a greater power upon which we can call, for which we are grateful.